happy Sabbath to you and a very warm welcome to you, my dear listener. From wherever you are, the cookie has crumbled and we are back yet again. And this is the new life program coming to you live from the heart of Nairobi. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. We have a great show lined up for you. Thanks for joining us. I am your host, Monica Kamokwa. We are more than glad to have you tuned in. On the show today, the Bible in Living Sound returns with the Bible story and will be focusing on Jesus is taken up to heaven. Later on, Ian Muse will join us during the Bible segment with the topic Procrastinating Your Salvation. But before we do that, Gloria Singers comes to us with the song To Thee Our God. Sit tight and enjoy. Three. 
Dear listener, hoping that you enjoyed To Thee Our God by Gloria Singers. And now, the Bible in Living Sound brings us a Bible story. Jesus is taken up to heaven. Stay tuned and be on the know. You are listening to the New Life program coming to you live from the heart of Nairobi. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Is everyone present? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, what a shame it is that Judas Iscariot is not with us. He could have been such a help, He but... surely had us all fooled. I certainly thought he was honest and sincere. And the master knew the real Judas all the time. Yet not once, by word or action, did Jesus let it be known. He gave Judas every kindness, the same love and consideration he gave to all of us. Judas had every opportunity to repent and change his heart of evil. The way the master treated Judas and all the others who have hated him, spat on him, cruelly treated him, even crucified him, is a great lesson to me. The master said, Peter, follow me. He has said that to all of us many times. To follow him, I must be like him. And to be like him, I must treat my fellow men as he did. When men revile me, speak all manner of evil against me, and mistreat me in all things, it's almost impossible to be like the Master and smile and forgive. But I must. All things are possible to those who have faith and believe in the name of Jesus. The Lord has been with us for almost 40 days since his resurrection. Forty glorious, wonderful, joy-filled days. Soon he'll return to his Father in heaven. What a sad place this will be without him. But he promised to send us a comforter who will guide us into all truth. There is one point, my brethren, that none of us have thought about. At least, we have not spoken of it. What is that? To me, it is the most wonderful of all the truths. Jesus did come to this earth and accomplish the redemption of mankind. He did choose us as his disciples. Come to the point, Peter. We, We await with bated breath the point that, to you, is so important. Jesus is going to leave us and go to heaven. He will be with his Father. Just think. The Jesus we know and love, who knows and loves us, our friend, will be there in the courts of heaven. He will not forget his friends, not for one minute. We will have a friend at the throne of God. The future with Jesus as our friend holds no fear whatsoever. Remember when he said, Whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, ye shall receive. That's a wonderful thought, a wonderful truth. Jesus, a friend, someone who knows us, all our weaknesses, our faults, one who loves us, at the throne of God, interceding for us. Yet there is a sadness, too. To us who know him and whom he knows, yes, it is a wonderful truth, but what about those in years to come who who know him not? Through the ages to come, each one who believes in me has faith, loves me and does my commandments, and confesses me before men... Him will I confess before my Father. I shall know him and love him and intercede for him the same as I shall for you. But come, my children, we go to Bethany. Gethsemane. Many hours have we spent there, Lord. It was there I fell asleep 
when I should have been watching and praying with thee. I, too, should have been watching and praying. And I. Here we all forsook you, Lord, in your hour of great need. You have repented and are forgiven. I love you, Matthew. I love all of you. Where go we, Lord? To the summit of the mount? Across the summit, Peter. To the vicinity of Bethany. Here, my beloved, we stop here. Here, Master. I love you. I love each of you. I love all my children. Remember this, my beloved children. He is ascending up into the heaven. A bright cloud is taking him from our sight. Lord, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. The escorting angels sing his praise. Do any of you still see him? Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Heaven is waiting to welcome the Savior to the celestial courts. As Jesus, with the host of captives he had set free at his resurrection, and the escorting angels draws near, the challenge is given by the escorting angels. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord! Strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts, he is the King of glory. Are you just joining us? This is the New Life Program with me, Monica Kamokwa, your host, coming to you live from the Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Always a pleasure to have you with us. You haven't missed a lot. The Bible segment will be coming up shortly. If you wish to drop comments, suggestions, or questions, do so through the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 00100, Nairobi, Kenya or email us at awrnairobi at eku.adventist.org. Now that that is off the way, here is a song, I Need Thee, by Gloria Singers. You're listening to the New Life Program, coming to you live from the heart of Nairobi. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Don't change the channel.
for staying tuned. Right about now, Ian Muse joins us for the Bible segment. He will be talking about procrastinating your salvation. Be blessed. I greet you in the name of Jesus, dear listener, and welcome to our study today. The topic of our study is procrastinating your salvation. In other words, not accepting your salvation today. The Bible gives us another striking illustration of the close of the door of mercy of a certain city. The city was to be wiped out of existence because of its total abandonment to the perversions of iniquity. On the eve of its destruction, 
Lot made a final visit to his daughters and their sodomite husbands who had made their home in the midst of the doomed city. But his urgent pleas were ridiculed as groundless fears. The Bible records that he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. Genesis chapter 19 verse 14. They actually laughed at the old man as he wept over their unconcern. How different it would have been had they known that it was indeed a judgment message from God. Eagerly they would have responded and hastened out of Sodom had they truly believed that it was their last night on earth. But they didn't know and they didn't believe. Most of us will never recognize when the fatal moment approaches in our own lives. Many are snatched by sudden accident and death without a second's notice, much less a 24-hour alert. But suppose you did know that you had exactly two months, or two weeks, or two days. I've heard people say, Oh, if I had that knowledge ahead of time, I could easily give up all my bad habits and make my decision to follow Christ fully. Of course, but the truth is that none of us are privy to that information. And for many who are reading these lines, that last night is much nearer than we can think or imagine. How very clever Satan is in exploiting this personal area of the unknown in each one of us. He well recognizes that procrastination is his most effective weapon in causing people to be lost. The longer the decision is postponed, the easier it is to wait a little longer until finally the putting off process turns into a little addiction. The wheel waxes weaker and weaker as delay saps the initiative and makes it less and less likely that the individual will act before it is too late. The Bible has some very sobering things to say about this subject of lingering over the call of God. When Paul reasoned with Felix about righteousness and judgment, we are told that the governor trembled and promised to call for Paul when he had a more convenient season. The better time never came, and as far as we know, Felix went down into a Christless grave at the end of his life. King Agrippa was also deeply convicted as he listened to Paul's testimony about Christ. He cried out, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Acts chapter 26 verse 28. What a tragedy that, with all the trembling and conviction, neither of the Roman rulers actually moved to obey what they knew to be right. Almost is not enough. It is sometimes the case that individuals are faced with choices that must be made within a few minutes which will affect the entire future direction of their lives. In these rare instances, and perhaps they are not as rare as you think, that golden moment of opportunity flashes into focus, remains only a few precious moments, and then disappears forever. It seems patently true that Felix and Agrippa faced the most significant and favorable opportunity to choose life over death, and they blew it. They waited too long and the conviction faded and disappeared. Men and women do the same thing today. They wait for more convenient circumstances, a different job, retirement, or financial security. They make promises to themselves and others that they will surrender to Christ and obey the truth just as soon as the time is right. Somebody else, Satan, hears those promises and immediately begins to manipulate events that will make that right moment impossible. Those people keep waiting and waiting and waiting. And many of them will be waiting when the water turns to blood and probation's door has closed on the human race. No wonder the Bible declares that now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 2. 
when the flood came and the door of the ark closed, it did not matter how near or how far a person happened to be at that moment. Those who were one foot outside that door were just as lost as those who were miles away. After 120 years of pleading, the Spirit of God was withdrawn from the earth. The hand of God closed the door, and the fate of our world was fixed and settled. Does that have anything to do with what is happening to the progeny of those eight ark survivors today? Indeed, it does. Because Jesus said, As the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Matthew chapter 24 verse 37 Christ was referring to the end time in which we now live. He said, So shall it be. Are there similarities with the antediluvian culture and lifestyle? We are told that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Genesis chapter 6 verse 5 Does that appraisal of man before the flood match the perverted picture of Noah's modern descendants? For the answer to that question, consult your morning newspaper and the local TV guide. Iniquity is rampant. Crime is out of control. Terrorists strike in unexpected places. No one would question that evil imagination marks the present age with its harvest of violence and lawlessness. Is there also evidence that the Holy Spirit is striving with the human hearts and confronting multitudes with their final invitation of mercy? As an evangelist, I can bear witness that there is a present raging controversy revolving around every living soul. Some who are reading these words are on the verge of making a decision that can mean life or death. And at the same time, Satan plays upon your ungrounded fears to try to hold you back from an all-out commitment. You are being tempted, like Felix, to wait for a more convenient season, but such will never come. To linger now is to become a part of the vast majority who are destroyed in the flood and who represent those who will be unprepared when Jesus comes again. Just as the probation of the antediluvian world ended seven days before the flood, so the probation of the planet will close seven plagues before Jesus appears. During those desolating and time seven last plagues, the Bible says no one can enter the temple in heaven. Revelation chapter 15 verse 8 There will be no intercessor for the human race. The great edict will have gone forth. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly. Revelation chapter 22 verse 11 to 12. Millions are waiting in the vain hope that some special event will signal that they can quickly make the necessary preparation to meet the returning Lord. Like Felix, they intend to take advantage of that more convenient season. And while they linger, their hearts grow harder and their wills more indecisive. They lose their precious ability to judge their own need or discern the panoramic signs of the end. Friend, we are living at the blink of eternity and soon and very soon our Savior is to descend with all his angels to reward every man according to his works. On which side shall you be when he separates the goats from the sheep? Thank you, dear listener, and I was your presenter, Ian Musa.
My dear listener, thank you for staying tuned throughout the show. It is always a pleasure to have you with us. Remember, your feedback is always welcome. You can send us your views, suggestions, or questions about the show through the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 00100, Nairobi, Kenya. Email us at awrnairobi at Remember, this is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Until we meet again right here when the cookie crumbles, I have been your host, Monica Kamokwa. Have a happy Sabbath. Sacrifice.